Hi, everybody. It's Peyton Green here with Turbuckle Training. Just really quickly, I wanted to say thanks for listening to this episode. we got a really special one for you, interviewing NWA commentator Joe Galley. I uh, just wanted to address something that happened kind of recently after we recorded this podcast. Um, Jim Cornette, the other lead announcer for NWA Power, uh, did resign uh, after he said, uh, made a racist joke during one of the matches on a recent episode of NWA Power. Uh, now, in our conversation with Joe, we did end up talking about Jim Cornette just a little bit. Um, I ended up taking that out of the finished product of the episode just because it felt a little bit out of place, knowing what we know now. Uh, it was a really short conversation. You didn't really miss much, just uh, Joe kind of talking about uh, what it was like working with him, but just didn't really feel right to, to leave it in there. Uh, but again, we did record this before all that happened, so that's why you know that kind of stuff isn't addressed. Anyway, just wanted to address that really quickly. Uh, got a really great episode for you, so sit back and relax and enjoy this bonus content from us here at Termical Training. It's me, Austin! The numbers don't lie! And they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, my God. I did it for the ride. Yeah, d- despite uh, me living in San Antonio and living in the Rio Grande Valley for a year, I cannot roll my R's whatsoever. So. You know, I can't do it either. I can't actually do the thing with my tongue. I actually use my uvula, that thing that hangs in the back of your throat, to roll my R's. Is that the trick? That's how I do it. Is that so that's I, where the R's are? Yeah, okay. exactly. Huh. That's where the R's are that's stored. Where, that's where the R's are stored for me. It's also how I try to make uh, uh, predator noises. Let's see. That is disturbing. That, that's unsettling. Dude, that's the predator. All right, everyone. Thanks uh, for tuning in this week uh, to a very special edition of Turnbuckle Training. Uh, I'm your host, Peyton Green. Uh, we've got Zach Barlow with us. As uh, always. Of course. I like uh, that you today, just announced me like I'm the guest. I know. Uh, now, now, I'm, now I'm worried. Now I want to do it again. No, no. I, I like this take because I feel special. Okay. All right. Welcome, welcome to this very informal version of, of this podcast where we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> normally, normally we, we're really great and we know exactly what we're doing. Uh, but with us, we have a very special guest. We have uh, my friend and coworker Joe Galley, also the voice of NWA Power. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Peyton, you got to say it right. We don't put those extra R's on there for nothing. <laughs> Power. Uh, you guys can't see it, but Joe is is repping his uh, National Wrestling Alliance uh, T-shirt right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, with the Georgia logo on there and all stuff. It should be. It's nice, you know. And I'm hanging out with a couple Southern boys like yourself. I mean, uh, representing I, the, the I, South as far as pro wrestling goes. I mean, you guys and like, I just got to check out uh, the pilot for NWA Power, and let me tell you, it's really amazing. And you do such a good job on commentary. Uh, so. Just just fantastic job there, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I mean, it, it's a craft. It's something I've been working on for, for a long time as a broadcaster. Uh, I spent, you know, I started my career in pro wrestling like a lot of guys. You know, you uh, more it was back more than 10 years ago at this point where I was in the ring. And at that point, I never thought that I'd actually either be in journalism or I would be sitting at the desk. 
Uh, but uh, throughout time, you know, things just changed, and I, I found this niche, and I, it works really well. And I kind of model myself a little bit differently than a lot of the other people out there that are doing their, their stuff, and I kind of have this old-school feel, and a lot of that's from Dave Marquez, who does the interviews on NWA Power. And so I'm sort of modeled more after, like, a Gordon Soley than a Joey Styles. And, and I feel that that really works, especially in that paradigm with what we're doing with the studio wrestling format. You mentioned old school wrestling, which uh, this is really what this is, but it's also not so old school that it feels like hokey or like, like it's like a turnoff or anything. Because it does kind of mend, like blend some, uh, some more modern styles of wrestling, more you know modern wrestlers. But I do like what you guys have done with the studio wrestling. Where did that idea come from of getting back to kind of some more traditional uh, old school ways of, of presenting a wrestling show? I think that that's all William Patrick Corgan. That's all Billy Corgan. That's his dream. That's his job. Did you just call him William Patrick Corgan? I did call Is him that what he goes he... by in wrestling as opposed to that's... in music? That's what he goes by professionally. That's why when you look at the end credits for NWA Power, it says William Patrick Corgan, uh, even like on his Twitter, it's at Billy, but if you look at the initials, it's uh, WPC. So I think in a a professional standpoint, I think he's trying to make a a delineation between frontman from Smashing Pumpkins and professional entrepreneur, and so he does that. So I'll bounce back and forth when I'm sitting there talking to him. He's Billy. Which is difficult because there's actually a lot of Billies that work on that show. So there's Boss Billy, Other Billy, Billy My Liege. Everybody has a Billy nickname <laughs> when we start doing these things here. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's all Billy's idea. And uh, Dave Lagana has been instrumental in, in bringing that forward. But even he'll tell you that this was his child. This is something that they wanted to do ever since uh, they parted ways with Impact Wrestling. They had this idea, and that was the whole point of buying the brand and owning the National Wrestling Alliance and it's all coming to this phase and I I think Billy's got a 10-year plan a five-year plan and a 20-year plan and we're skyrocketing past those expectations with what we have and just the fact that you know we're having our first pay-per-view at Georgia Public Broadcasting coming up in December and I think a lot of that's ahead of schedule and I think part of that's because of the the love and appreciation of all the fans that really do like the show and we're, I think, at this point when we're recording this podcast, we have two tickets left for the taping, uh, the, the second day of our regular round of tapings. And that's incredible because it's a 250-seat studio, and we've got people coming from all over the world to do it and it, to, to come and see it and be a part of it. And it's really awesome. And there are two hosts on this podcast. So, Zach, we got to jump on it. <laughs> so you just alluded to how, you know, you guys record these uh, or you do days of recording and then sort of a staggered release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how do you keep yeah. up your stamina and energy? Because commentating is not a – you know, it is not what I would call a podcaster's profession, where one simply sits back and doesn't really do anything. It's very active, and you have to be, mm-hmm. you know, on top of it all the time. So how do you stay yeah. uh, motivated and, and stay energetic through those long recording sessions? It, it, I think the energy you can really – the benefit of doing it – like, I've done situations uh, where I've done commentary post where I'm looking at a screen – 
and it's something that was recorded before and they either the company doesn't have the capabilities or the money or they in a weird situation where they want comedy or commentary after the fact um, and it's more difficult to do those than it is to do it when you're there and with the live crowd because you really feed off that electricity and you get that feeling there and the adrenaline rush that kind of kicks in with it and then it's just like it's like playing music at that point. You want to play music in front of a crowd and, and instead of just doing it in a recording studio. There's so much more purity to it. And I think that that's what really drives me and helps drive me is when I'm doing it, especially in front of a hot crowd. Uh, and that crowd that shows up to NWA Power couldn't be any more hotter. And so it, that's what really helps me through it. Uh, I drink black coffee, which helps a little bit. Uh, <laughs> my, you know, being there and being a part of it and... Um, and you're right. There is a lot of it, it's it's difficult because you're not just calling the action and things in the ring. You're trying to tell a story. You're looking at a format. You're trying to figure out what's coming next. Uh, you know, even though we're not on a traditional broadcast, we try to treat ourselves as though we are. So we have to be ready for okay. We're going to have to go to a break here. We'll have to come back from a break, and you have to be able to do those seamlessly. And that's an art form, and it takes time. It's just like anything else, whether you're going to be a boxer, a wrestler, or airline pilot, you got to put in your 10,000 hours and, and be able to do it. And so, you know, you just fall back on your experience, and you go forward. And if it's good wrestling, it's real easy. It's hard to do commentary when it's bad wrestling. <laughs> and so, unless you're a heel commentator, if you're the heel commentator and you're doing color, you can call garbage wrestling. <laughs> and thankfully... I've, I've had to call very few bad matches in my career. There have been a few. None of them are on NWA Power, but in my previous things, and sometimes a championship wrestling from Hollywood or championship wrestling from Arizona, things don't go well. But at the same point, my job is to put these people over. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's always been my goal. Even if you're a heel, even if you're a piece of human garbage, my job is to make sure that we're conveying that story and I'm putting you over as the athlete that you are. I think the nostalgia factor is a big part of it. It's it's kind of like I talked about the blending of styles, but you have you know some of the classic NWA uh, set and graphics, mm -hmm. and uh, but you also have some wrestlers that are you know more popular on the indie scene. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the wrestling style for NWA Power and and what you've seen there, and how maybe that differs from some of the other wrestling companies? We want people to watch NWA Power and see, first, let's use a, a men's singles match for an example. We want them to look and turn on and, and go, these guys are here for a fight. And they're here to fight, and they're here to win. And I think that that's, we, we, we stray away. We have a lot of, we have some stuff that's kind of fun, and that's going to be coming up in a couple episodes. But for the most part, we want people to watch our show and go, wow, these guys are going at it. These guys are tough. We want tough fighters yeah. with our show. And you're going to see that uh, we're, everybody in there is a hoss. And that's in our uh, men's division and in our women's division. Mm -hmm. Our smallest professional wrestler is probably Thunderosa. And uh, as we're recording this, Two nights ago, I was at her first MMA fight that she did for Combates Americanas, wow. which was Del, which is Del Rio's promotion, mm -hmm. and she is double tough, super strong. I think pound for pound, one of the toughest people we have on the roster, and so that's the kind of person we want. Granted, she's what five six, maybe she's a short person, mm -hmm. 
but I wouldn't want to get in a fight with her. I, when I saw her in that cage fighting this gigantic woman from Germany, or the Netherlands, I forget, one of the two, but she was fighting a woman who was a foot taller than her, who was an expert at kickboxing, and she held her own for three rounds. She lost the decision, but she did not get knocked out by this woman who was passionately trying to do it. And so she could take that, and a lot of our wrestlers can take that and translate that into that our arena at GPB Studios and into that ring, and you just get tough MFers. And yeah. like, especially you got guys like Eddie Kingston and Homicide, and these are just tough guys that are there for a fight and they can bring it in the ring as well as as good or better than they can do it on the mic and their mic skills are in that was one thing that's what makes our stuff i i noticed watching the pilot is that everyone's mic skills on this show are fantastic which is what i feel rare um for for a lot of wrestlers but there's so much talent there um but I agree, and I think that that's a problem in pro wrestling is you've got a lot of guys out there that are focused on a particular gimmick that doesn't need to use your mic skills, but you 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 watch pro wrestling and you watch all television, not so much with your eyes, but with your ears. Mm-hmm. And, Baton, you know this working in news. That's why we do, when you watch a news story, we want to get that natural sound of whatever's happening in the environment. Because that's what's going to draw your attention to it. And so you could watch guys do flippy-dippy gymnastic stuff or have funny stuff where their hands are in their pockets and they're doing suicide dives. And all that's great. All that's fun. But if you really want people to connect with a character on a human level, they need to be able to communicate with you. And the way we communicate as human beings is by speech. So you have to be able to talk. And that's why we've got such fantastic talkers. Eli Drake is a monumental example. You know, I've been calling his matches for years from back when he was working under the name Sean Ricker, and, you know, he was a big part of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And from day one, he's been working on that and constantly cutting promos, whether it's in his apartment, on which is a gorgeous apartment on the Hollywood Hills overlooking all of Hollywood, which is fantastic, by the way, uh, or in the ring I mean the guy is dynamite when it comes to it but the only way you get to being dynamite when it comes to that is you have to work at it every day and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of wrestlers out there don't do that and it's just like Kobe Bryant used to use this as an example Uh, since he was a teenager every day for 45 minutes every single day he would shoot free throws that's how you become Kobe Bryant Mm -hmm. every single day you have to do that so if you want to be good you want to be on the mic Every single day, whether you're looking in a mirror or you're driving in your car or you're at a show, cut some promo, start talking, figure out who you are. That's number one. You've got to know who you are and then put that over and make the connection. Well, you know, that's Eli, one thing uh, we, we talk about a lot on the show is the storyteller role, especially of commentators, uh, because I've said on multiple occasions uh, that a commentary can make or break a match. Um you know, very easily. And so, to me, wrestling is this interesting focal point where, like, athleticism and storytelling and improv all come together in this this culmination. So, how do you, you know, you're talking about the wrestlers, you know, you've got to put in the, the hours to get good at your mic skills, but how do you personally prepare for a taping or a show? Research, 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 research. There's a lot of it. I'm, I'm, we're, 
at the time of this taping, when are we taping this? Uh, we're more than a month out from the pay-per-view as of this taping, and uh, I'm still going back and looking at our notes from the previous shows. Uh, I'm watching what our guys and girls are doing outside of uh, NWA Power. To go back to that example, I wanted to be ringside for Thunder Rosa's MMA fight so I could talk about that. And so when she has an opportunity to, let's say, theoretically challenge for the NWA Women's Championship, I get to sit, do the corollaries. You know, I was there. I was there when she had this MMA fight in the cage. Allison Kay is also a proficient MMA fighter, and she has a lot of similar skills to that person that she fought in the cage. And so this was all training. That moment in the cage, it being a professional fight, you could see that as just training for this bigger opportunity at the NWA World's Women's Championship. So, like, that's an example of that, and it's it's a lot of research. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll try it. It's difficult with our jobs, Peyton. Yeah. You know, being in news, uh, it, it takes an enormous amount of time to do that. But there are times where I'll have, like, a moment, and I'll just sit and I'll try to think of things. And I'll just try to piece things together. Because sometimes it's good to just have a little nugget. And you'll hear it, and I feel like Mauro Ronaldo on NXT is a good example. Mm -hmm. He is so good at just taking little things that are happening in pop culture and fitting them into commentary. And, you know, he referenced, like, the Islanders in hockey when I was watching NXT this weekend and how dominant they are and how it looks like the dominance of this professional wrestler, and that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to look into things like that, and especially what's great about the NWA is I could go back at this huge, you know, this encyclopedia of history, these hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of quality wrestling, which is fantastic to watch. So it's it's definitely not a burden at all. It doesn't feel like doing homework. It's like I get to watch this so I can be better at that is fantastic. So it, it comes down to really knowing your stuff. And that being said, you know, I've done shows um, here locally. I did um, RCW. I did commentary for, for one of their shows recently. And I didn't know any of these guys, really. And so I had a small synopsis that the promoter wrote for me. And like, this is this guy. This is what he does. And here we go. And from then, you just have to be able to talk and be fluid with it. So mm -hmm. you, can, you can bounce back and forth. You can show up unprepared. But it's so much better when you are. And I think that that's, that's the key is you have to make the time to sit there and know what you're talking about. You mentioned all this history you have because uh, NWA has a huge, long history uh what's it like working for nwa that really is has probably more lineage than any other wrestling company out there i i never would have thought it would be this way uh, initially when i got in the business and i think you know nick aldis in the pilot episode um from punchline to headline or something like that mm -hmm. or so whatever he said uh it's springboarded into this thing, and that's that's really from Billy Corgan and David Lagana bringing it back uh, into the prominence that it deserves. But you take a look at that lineage and the history and the legacy. It, honestly, it gives me a lot of things to just be able to talk about on commentary. To be honest, yeah. just right there, just that thing right there could be the the start of the paper the pay per view, um, and. I think it's just so special in the fact that it's unique, mm -hmm. in the fact that it's different, and in the fact that people are resonating with it. And 
being a part of that history and seeing that 10 pounds, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. Before, the reason that I was picked to, to be the voice of the NWA was because I was working at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood when Billy Corgan had just bought the NWA. Tim Storm was still the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And they were starting that, they were starting the Nick Aldis crusade where they were going to give him the strap and he was going to be the guy. Um, so those first matches where Tim Storm came, you know, from from Texas and he brought the belt with him. And when I first saw, you know, Sweet Charlotte and this guy who I've never met before, Tim Storm's holding it. And Tim Storm, he's a legit dude. Mm-hmm. He looks like a world champion. He looks like the guy that should be holding the 10 pounds of gold. And so when I went up to him for the first time and I shook his hand and I got to hold that belt in my hand, there is an electricity with it. And I don't know how to explain it, really. There Mm -hmm. is just this thing of like, oh, my God, Ric Flair held this. Oh, my God, Harley Race held this. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, Luthez held this. And I've never – I think maybe I've seen one Luthez match in my entire (laughs) life because I had to – I googled because I just watched it on YouTube. But how dope is this that they're actually – I'm holding this belt that they held. And it means something. And it's, it's great when a title actually means something. There's a lot of titles out there where maybe it doesn't mean it's that much. Mm-hmm. And maybe that it plays a role. But I feel like every title should be held at a really high regard. Yeah, And that's what really works, for instance, really well with the, the James uh, Storm angle. Where, you know, he's the NWA national champion. And he could sp- he's spitting on the title. And he's like, I don't care about this. This is just my ticket to the real title. Mm-hmm. And as a commentator and as a fan you're like no that's bs that's yeah. the national championship you should be proud you should be honored you should hold that in high regard that it's on your shoulder or around your waist yeah and that's what made it so interesting when you know colt cabana's going and fighting for it because colt cabana does treasure that title well you know yeah. that makes me and think of a- uh something that me and peyton have discussed recently when the wcw spit on their title by giving it to david arquette <laughs> <laughs> okay that being said I love what David Arquette's doing. <laughs> uh, David Arquette is fantastic. I've called shows with him. Uh, I've worked with him uh, quite a bit with Peter Avalon, who was training him at the time when he was trying to make this resurgence back. And that was a decision that they made, and WCW obviously made decisions that did not resonate well with their fans. That being said, they made decisions that we're talking about now, and it's almost 2020. So it worked, and to a certain extent that they made history and they did something that was different and that was interesting. Uh, and Ready to Rumble is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> we watched that recently. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. I, I wouldn't go listen to our episode I, on it. <laughs> well, no. It, it's fantastic, and it's, it's campiness, and you know, it, there's, you couldn't make that movie today. And I feel like it, it was perfect for its time. But at the same point, you're, you're making you're making a great point. Is it did what it did, and it made a lot of people turn their backs on WCW. Those hardcore wrestling fans that really like what we're we're doing in NWA Power, or the same ones that feel betrayed when they see, you know, David Arquette win that championship, mm-hmm. or maybe some other promotions using some people that you know, let's do this as a gimmick to put the, to get us some national talk you know let's get on tmz or something like that to do that and maybe that you have to pick and choose your battles so it's it's about growing your audience but at the same time you need to retain your audience and that's that's where they went wrong i uh i do want to ask something that's been weighing on my mind it's probably a dumb question 
But does the world title actually weigh 10 pounds? I would say it does. I've actually never never weighed. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously, I've never weighed it, but I've held it, and I know what a 10-pound weight feels like. If anything, it might be heavier. Now that I'm trying to, th- I'm I'm faking curls <laughs> yeah. in, in the studio here. I'm I'm curling my arms as to, but I thank you it. for calling my kitchen a studio. I, it, <laughs> hey man, you got to put you put you over it. That's how it works. <laughs> I'm a professional. Um, I think it does. I think it certainly does. And yeah, I, I I've I, never held a, would, an actual oh, world look, title look, belt, it's, so it's, I have no idea. It, it's pro wrestling, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was nine pounds, you know, eight ounces or something like yeah. that. Just just to be like one ounce short, <laughs> just to make it a, a work and a rib. Like that wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it weighs ten pounds. Awesome. Well, uh, I think I think that's going to about do it. Uh, unless you have anything else, you want to tell us maybe about the. F- Give us a peek into the future of uh, right, so Power. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, Peyton. I really like you, and, and I know that oh, you're, thank al- you. you're always working to get something breaking. So you want to you want to be the first to hear something? Ooh, I absolutely. The first to hear something. Um, I'll give you two things. Uh, a, um, we've announced the pay per view. We've announced the two tapings that are after that. Uh, after that, there's going to be some opportunities. For professional wrestlers who want to be on NWA Power to prove that they have what it takes to be on the show. And there's going to be a, let's call it a, a separate broadcast that's still in the works where they're going to get their chance. So if you're listening to this and you're a pro wrestler and you think or you know of a pro wrestler that you love that maybe isn't getting the recognition that they deserve and they can probably thrive well in NWA power, tell them to keep posted and tell them to get ready. Tell them to keep hitting the gym and do what I was just saying and start practicing those promos because you might get a shot, and if you make it on NWA power, that's one step away from being the next world's champion. So that's what's coming down the pipe. It's a lot of stuff that we're working on right now as far as what's going to be different. It's probably going to be different than Power itself and different than the 10 Pounds of Gold series, but it'll still fall under that NWA. NWA okay, era. Peyton, we're doing it. And <laughs> All right. Hit the gym, buddy. Here we go. <laughs> and you never know who's going to show up because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of big names that you know. That want to be a part of NWA Power, and I'm not going to name drop right now, but I will tell you, a former world champion uh, was having a discussion with David Lagana Friday night about his desire to be on this show. And you can kind of look at where we are here in South Texas. Maybe you know who was at that show, and maybe you could put the pieces together and figure out who might be a person who might show up to the next taping. But I'll tell you right now. There's a huge demand for top-quality talent. I mean, guys that you have seen at WrestleMania or possibly headlining WrestleMania or semi-main eventing WrestleMania that want to come and be on our show. And so we've got some great stuff coming. I can't believe that you're saying Hulk Hogan is going to be on NWA Power. Well, brother, (laughs) that would be fun. Now... I'm really excited. You, you've got you've gotten my interest. So uh, so if you're listening to this and you're interested, then uh, then now's your chance. Now's and your, now's your chance. Just stay tuned. Follow NWA on Twitter. That's the that's our main outlet. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Put up the little bell for notifications so that you remember at 6:05 Tuesday nights. 
on, on the East Coast or anywhere else in the world, whenever that time zone hits, you'll be able to know that our next episode of Power is premiering. Here we go, and you want to watch it and, uh, and just see what's coming down because we got some good stuff, and we're going to have some good opportunities for some people that either you don't know about or maybe you've forgotten about. And I mean, All right, and there's and you never know what could happen. It's it's that's that's what's great. It's a it's a small business, yeah. a large business, but a small one. Exactly, sure. it's just, it is. And as far as the as far as you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it's a small business like any other small business here. But it like Starbucks was one coffee shop, yeah, at one point, and then it evolved into what it is. And um, so maybe that's what's going to happen here. We'll see. Who knows? All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Joe, and giving us a little sneak peek into NWA Power. Uh, and don't forget, you can follow along, uh, keep up with us. You can subscribe to us at Turnbuckle Training on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Turnbuckle Train. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. It's me, Austin! The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch. I did it for the run. I, I, it looks like my, there was something still in my, okay, never mind. All right, we're all good. Um, it was probably the predator. Yes. <laughs> Infiltrating the podcast.